Greetings, you groovy girls and guys and swinging hip cats. I'm Josh Bertoni, and joining me is... Sorry. I'll jump in here. I am the Jolly John Wilson. And I am daring Donovan Morgan Grant. And you wanted us to come together to talk about Marvel Silver Age again after, you know, the fun we had on Amazing Spider-Man Classics. Well, we're back with the most offbeat Marvel mag ever, Vietnam A Go Go. Uh, <laughs> this series, um, I heard about it for years, but uh, up until last Comic-Con, I was never able to, like, get a complete run. It ran from 1967, I think, to seventy to late 71, and it stars uh, Flash Thompson, you know, right after he left ASM and went to the Vietnam War, and Buzz Baxter uh, from Patsy Walker Comics fame, and General Thunderbolt Ross, or as Flash and Buzz call him, Uncle Thundy, you know, Thundy for Thunder, uh, affectionately, <laughs> much to his chagrin. And I was looking for this book for years. It's never really been reprinted aside from like a few obscure backups, you know, now and again. It's hard to find and i always wondered why until last year at comic-con i found a complete run and i read them it's because it's really really horrible and really really offensive like uh <laughs> like i was like okay i know why this has never been reprinted like <laughs> aside from shashan none of the original characters like ever appeared from here ever again and uh and like the events of this series are pretty much like not mentioned and i was hoping when flash became like venom that he might reunite with buzz baxter who was now a villain called mad dog like that would be cool but like rick remender when i asked him about it, he looked at me like he didn't know what i was talking about when i mentioned this book and so did colin bunn but if you ask anyone at marvel like um about this book they'll they'll act like they don't know what you're talking about uh, it's kind of like the trouble series but like with vietnam like, yeah. no one wants to admit that it existed. Why did we do this? It was a mistake. Yeah, John, what's your, like, um, history with this series before doing this podcast? Okay, so I had not heard of it. Now, I, I did not even know it existed until you mentioned it in passing. We were on the phone uh, last, was it last year? I think it was last year, yeah. And so you told me about it. And I immediately started looking online for, for scans and back issues. And, um, of course, at mycomicshop.com, they have the issues listed, but they're all sold out. Like, there are no issues available. But I just kept going back and checking every now and then on, on, um, on one Sunday. I went up there, and I guess they had gotten a few of them because I, I was able to get the first four issues for, like, $15, which I was I was pretty excited about. So uh, I did not have a complete run of the series. There's a lot of this that I haven't read, and I'm kind of going off of Josh's info about how things develop later on down the road. But this is pretty crazy, even for Silver Age Marvel. Vietnam a go-go is crazy. This is one of the stupidest books I've ever read um, I first heard about it when I was at Comic Con with you and you were like oh yes you and I'm a go-go and like you know I, I like to know I like to think that I know a lot about Marvel Comics history but of course I was schooled again I was like, I was like what is what is this Flash Thompson had a, his own wartime comic book why was it ever referenced in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man um, why wasn't you know, you know why wasn't he referenced uh, being in the war with Baxter uh, or Buzz Baxter during like you know the uh, Kate Leth uh, Bessie Walker comic book series 
Um, why wasn't the war more of a big deal if contemporary characters were kind of going, going through with it and not just Nick Fury? So, like, there was, there was a lot of reasons. Like, like what, okay, if this is actually in continuity from way back when, it's not just a century thing, then what's, what exactly is going on? And so I read some of it, and, like, I think I got, like, maybe three pages in before I was like, <sighs> okay, that makes sense. Um, it, it was, it was, it's, it's a baffling thing. And I, I love Marvel Comics 60s cheese, but it feels as though that there, there's like, I don't know, I, there's a weird sense of contempt within the series. I don't know if it's contempt for the war. I don't know if it's contempt for his own job. I don't know if it's contempt for the readers, but like, there is an incompetence to this, to this writing, um, which makes it a lot of fun, but also very bizarre because you have great stuff like the, you know, like the, like the Master Planner arc and like the, like the Green Goblin uh, Spider-Man stories and Captain America versus the Red Skull over the Cosmic Cube. Like, just real, you know, heart-pounding action. And with this, it's it's like... <sighs> I don't know, it was, it was like uh, Stan Lee was taking taking his frustrations out on any sort of, like, television sitcom that he, that he turned on at his television at the time. So, it's a very peculiar series and I enjoy it, but the best way I, I can possibly enjoy it, which is ironically... Yeah, that's another thing, too. Like, some of these stories, like, and people would point this out in letters pages, like, it was just Stan Lee literally copying the script from, like, what he would see on an episode of, like, any typical, like, network TV sitcom back then, and, like, changing the names. Because... Like Dobie Gillis and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I guess he was, like... I was going to say the mini loves of Dobie Gillis, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess he was overworked, and which um, I later read um, in an issue of uh, Back Issue magazine. There's um, a column about this, and um, it says that President uh, Lyndon B. Johnson, he was tired of, like, young people protesting the war, and he knew that they all liked Marvel Comics. So he personally asked Stan Lee, can you write a comic making, quote-unquote, Vietnam look cool? because <laughs> he was like he wanted young people to see that like hey stop burning your draft cards and like protesting the war you know like america like make the vietnam the, one of the mandates was make the vietnam war fun um we'll, we'll get we'll get to that later on <laughs> yeah the vietnam war was you know in real life spoiler alert was anything but fun and you know uh, it's a national sh- but, it's legitimately like like an american yeah. shame so, and that's one of the reasons why this was never reprinted, like, and it, there's even people who argue that, like, because these each issue is, like, told in a framing sequence, like, it begins with, like, you know, Peter Parker, or Patsy Walker, or Harry, like, somebody getting a letter from Flash or Buzz and, like, reading about their adventures each month. So, like, one fan theory is that, like, these stories are out of continuity because, like, it's just Flash and Buzz, like, boasting up, like, you know, in their letters, like, their adventures, and that you know, and, and and that they're lying, and that they don't want their friends to know about the horror of Vietnam. But totally, it matches with like Flash's appearances in uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, Amazing Spider-Man, where he just I reread yeah. I reread that issue, and and he's like, you know, oh yeah, good old President, uh, you know, Lyndon Johnson asked me for for uh, for advice, but I thought he should handle it himself. You know, you went all hard on him, did you, old Flash boy? You got it, Harry. And it's like yeah, there's an entire comic book series where he's exactly like that. Yeah, it's like I, I was, I was kind of hoping that I could go back after reading these issues. I could go back to those Spider Mans and sort of get like a parallel lives effect where, oh, <laughs> this feels different now that I've read these other comics that reveal things later. But no, I mean, it's almost like you know what it is. You know what it is. It's like Fantastic Four and Strange Tales. Fantastic Four completely freaking ignores Strange Tales even exists. 
and Amazing Spider-Man ignores this book. That's the thing with like, like a Johnny's Secret Identity. Being like yeah, Johnny's Secret Identity. Yeah. And the thing in the Beatles and, and many other. Well, and Tales to Astonish, which later became the Incredible Hulk. Like, General Ross, like, never mentions, like, the fact that he's, like, commuting to Vietnam on, like, weekends <laughs> and, and every other Tuesday. Like... And that's brought up in the letters pages of the first issue. Like, they give, like, a BS explanation that, like, you know, Reed Richards gave him a rocket that, like, takes you to Vietnam in minutes because he's a, you know, patriot. So, like, that's how, but, you know, like, he'd be, like, in a Hulk book, like, going to the hospital. But then, like, in Vietnam, like, go-go, he'd be, like, just fine, like, stomping on his hat, like, Tom Stur, Thompson and Baxter. He does it you know, so like, many times in my own comic. Like, the one that I read is it's, 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 it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it... <laughs> Um, the art is done by Dan DiCarlo, who, like, you know, uh, does have a history with Marvel. He did merely the model in, like, the 50s, and or in the late 60s, early 70s, he came back to Marvel to do merely the model again. So this is, like, you know, him and Stan, you know, like, this is one of their many works together, so. <laughs> um, any more thoughts before we get into issue one? I can't believe we're dedicating the rest of our lives to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All 57 issues and the annual, which um, uh, Patsy Walker and Buzz Baxter do get married in it. So, like, this book did have consequences because when we see them again in Amazing Adventures after this book is canceled, like, they're still married, but, you know, they get divorced. But <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's kind of weird that, like, that little bit of continuity does actually carry over. Um, yeah, I, I, I've had a few crazy uh, ideas in my life about podcasts, but this one. This is going to take the cake. Which order well, are we going in? Um, one, two, and three. Uh, so I do issue one, you do issue two, and John does issue three. Okay, okay gotcha. Yeah, um, and it's funny because we're almost picking up where we left off. Because like with classics, you know, uh, we ended um, with the Kingpin arc, and uh, which was issue 50. But our last released episode was around issue 47 with Craven the Hunter uh, before, you know, we came back into the lost episodes. And that's like around when this was right after issue 47 of asm uh, the first issue of vietnam a go-go was published so, it's only fitting um <laughs> i'm still not used to like the idea of like this this book like just why are they so happy <laughs> <laughs> because they're at war dude it's good time <laughs> vietnam's a swing in his time it out. Okay, movie. so my cover for issue one, um, you know, and Bill Walpole did a replica for it at me at Comic Con. It's a uh, letters Vietnam a go go, Flash Thompson and Buzz Baxter. Uh, and you see Flash and Buzz walking with, you know, Betty Ross, you know, in a swinging 60s outfit, and Flash says, Wowee, General Ross may be a dud. And Buzz finishes, but his daughter is a bona, bona fide bombshell. With General Ross looking very, very angry. And very, very and a helpless. Little, yeah, yeah, as if there's nothing he could do about it. With a little caption, um, in the a little splash like bubble in the corner saying, also in this issue, see the amazing Spider-Man swing into action. That's a bold-faced lie. Um which, which right, we'll like they just later. put Spider on the cover to help sell it, and then he never actually—not even a robot like in the Avengers issue. Well, no, no, he he does appear, but he doesn't <laughs> swing into action. <laughs> <laughs> they should have done the robot. I forgot about the robot. Right. Oh, God. Yeah. So we open up with a New York City skyline and the Amazing Spider-Man swinging through the air. Stan's narration, which I'll read in full here. There are many awesome sights when you look at the skyline of New York City, but no sights are as awesome as that of the Amazing Spider-Man. You know, not like 
Iron Man and Thor flying around there as well. Let's join our hero as he rushes to make an urgent, deadly appointment that his life depends on. That's also a bold-faced lie. Spider-Man says, I better hurry. I have in a moment of lose. I pray I'm not too late. And uh, so the, and the, the next page, you know, the narration says, what's this, Web Swingers? Where is the amazing Spider-Man off to in such a hurry? Spidey, and we see Spider-Man swinging towards the Silver Spoon as he says, The Silver Spoon! I've made it! Another moment and I would have been too late. He walks in as Peter Parker and is greeted by the ESU supporting cast, Harry Osborn, Gwen Stacy, who hasn't changed her hair for issue 48 yet, um, all drawn by Darren DeCarlo beautifully, and Mary Jane Watson. Aunt May and Aunt Anna are sitting in, in a booth in the background, and Harry's like, Peter! Well, it isn't Elizabeth Taylor. And Mary Jane says, who needs Elizabeth Taylor when you have me? And Gwen says, Mary Jane, don't you ever get tired? And Mary Jane says, listening to you would make any man tired, groovy Gwendy. (laughs) You're tiring, but you're still groovy. (laughs) It's like they're friends, but they hate each other. Well, and like, why Spider-Man in such like a hurt? Like, my life depends on this mission. He's just going to the coffee bean, you know, or not the the silver spoon. Like (laughs) This mission. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, my life depends on it. What's that in your hand, Pete? The latest birds record? It's a letter from our pal Flash. So uh, <laughs> that's the name of a spinoff, Our Pal Flash. <laughs> it's a letter from our pal Flash. That was the urgent mission that he has. I pray I'm not too late. That was why the cover says the Amazing Spider-Man swings into action. You know, a pack of lies. So the rest of the issue is, you know, told in Flash's letter and we get little narration boxes, you know, with Flash's handwriting. Dear puny Parker, if you thought the spoon was the swinginest joint, you wouldn't believe the ball I'm having in the army. Then we get a montage of Flash in boot camp and a drill sergeant, you know, who we later find out is General Ross saying, I've never seen anyone run so fast. Yet in the panel, Flash is not running. He's doing push-ups. And another Joel Sargent says, he'd better be fast if we're going to beat those Viet Cong movies. I've met some groovy people. None of them are squares like you, Puny Parker. There's Guy Mailman. He's a real man's man. And then we get, you know, a, a panel of Flash and a bunch of guys, like, running to, like, a lake, which, you know, all army bases have. Hey, God, a bunch of us are going swimming. Want to come? Because there's time for that during, you know, boot camp. And Guy says, I can't, or I'm going to stay behind and practice my maneuvers. What are maneuvers? And General Ross in the background says, with dedication like that, Guy will go far. And we get a little thought balloon revealing Guy's secret. I can't go swimming with the guys, for if I did, they discover my secret. That I, Guy Mailman, am just a woman in disguise. It's not proper for a woman to bathe in mixed company. I joined the army to prove to my brothers that I'm just as good as they are. I pray I wasn't making a stupid female mistake. Because so, women, am I right? Yeah, women. Yeah, this was one of the running jokes of the book that, like, guy, mailman. And mailman spelled, like, the word male, M-A-L-E. Um, and they didn't guess that wasn't <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she took a real long time to come up with that one. Um, you know... <laughs> there's always you know scenarios where like flash and buzz and general ross almost unmask her but like she always you know manages to get out with her secret gender intact and so flash continues right and there's gary he's a real wacky character he is the nickname gary grenade not sure why general ross says now gary make sure all these weapons are in order as he's like you know lugging around a box of grenades and gary says you got it boss and does the little salute thing which causes him to drop the box 
and everything explodes comically and Ross yells Gary and he's just like covered in like black like uh, smoke kind of like he's Pigpen from Charlie Brown but he's okay he hasn't lost any limbs um, Flash continues to narrate to narrate uh, boot camp in the letter and he's meeting another soldier as they're getting ready to fly back to Vietnam because at this point in Marvel continuity Buzz has already been to Vietnam they dealt with that in Patsy Walker there was even a weird PTSD arc where like Patsy didn't take it seriously so none were as swinging or cool uh, none were as swingy or cool as a hip cat I met named Buzz Baxter he has a thing for redheads so tell Mary Jane to watch out and you have General Ross um, saying to them, Buzz Baxter meet Flash Thompson, and they're shaking hands as if this was like the Jetsons meet the Flintstones, as if the <laughs> important. Yeah, but damn, but dude. <laughs> so as they're I just getting... love bringing people together. Yeah. So the next panel is them getting on the plane, and Buzz says, "I can't wait to go back to Vietnam, Flash. You'll love it." And Flash says, "You seen it, Buzz? <laughs> no." Sunshine and gorgeous babes. <laughs> what? what, what? <laughs> Stanley presents. Because you demanded it. Sexy Vietnam. <laughs> the leader of our camp is General Thunderbolt Ross. He may have a mighty war, but deep down, he's a softy who just adores Buzz and I. We call him Thundy for short, or sometimes Uncle Thundy. If you go to the army and you do that to your superior officer, they will kick you in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> and as Flash is like narrating this in his letter thing, we get like a series of panels of Flash and Buzz inadvertently ticking General Ross off. Like, and one they're eating a sandwich, and like the like uh, wrapping of the sandwich says like General Ross on it, and he's yelling, "My sandwich!" And then in another one where like Flash and Buzz are holding a cake and they trip and it falls in his face, and he yells, "Thompson Baxter!" And then another one where he's saying, "Now, boys, this ancient Ming vase was a gift from President Johnson." Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right. I'm, I'm sorry to keep on interrupting you. I apologize, but like, <laughs> no, go for it. Because I'm seeing the artwork, and it's like you know. You know, Archie, Danny Dart, Dan Carla, House Style. And I've seen him do other stuff. But it's just... This is supposed to be placed in the same universe where Thompson and Lady loses his legs and... Becomes right. Venom. I mean, you, <laughs> an you, alcohol you think when they read the stuff with Venom and him losing his legs that nobody thought, oh, remember that Gary Grenade guy? And, like, all the times in Flash could have lost his legs, like, 75 times in Vietnam. Maybe when he was face deep in the cage, he, his legs also <laughs> get cut off. <laughs> So this ancient Ming vase was a gift for President Johnson. Make sure nothing happens to it. And they're both holding the vase. And they say, you got it, Uncle Thundy. But when they say that, they do the salute thing, like Gary Grenade did. And it causes them to drop the vase. And it breaks. And General Ross yells, boys? But, like, they're not the Three Stooges. Why are they holding vases and stuff? I don't know. So I also met a far-out girl named Shashan. She lives in a hidden jungle mystic temple. And we get, like, a panel of them, like, kissing in sunset as a log. Um, so the, like, story proper begins, you know, um, you have a panel of, um, General Ross and his daughter Betty is there because, you know, that's where you take your young daughter to a war zone. And, uh, he tells the readers and us, because I guess they didn't have this discussion before. He says, now, Betty, don't forget why I brought you here. A beautiful girl like you will help motivate and bring morale to these weakling cadets. Besides, Vietnam is the best place to go to forget about your troubles. 
and his and he continues his thoughts in a thought balloon saying and hopefully one of these soldiers will help you take your mind off that blasted banner what i wouldn't give for my betty to marry a military man instead well, betty, you know, he, 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 he will be happy to know in the future she does yeah for like uh, yeah yeah glenn talbot who's already appeared but like you know betty won't give him the time of day so Betty is moping about, like, how she misses Bruce Banner, and she's worried about stuff going on in Tales to Astonish with him and Hulk, and Flash and Buzz can't help but notice her. Flash says, gosh, Buzz, maybe I've been out in the sun too long, but I think I see a groovy babe. And Buzz says, if your eyes are playing trick, then mine are doing the same game, and I hope they never get better. So the boys go to confront Betty, and as they do, they don't see that Shashan is walking by unseen. And she says, Flash was supposed to meet me by the beach. He was probably goofing off with Buzz again and lost track of time. But my silly female intuition makes me think something is up. And they see Flash and Buzz, like, comforting Betty, like, making her feel better about, like, missing Bruce. And Shashan misinterprets it and says, the nerve of that common master. Well, if he thinks Shashan is going to take this lane down... He has another thing coming, and the Stanley's captions, which is weird because, like, wait, is Stanley narrating the story or is Flash's letter? I don't know, but it says, deep in the heart of the jungle, Shashan returns to her mystic temple and takes out a book as old as time. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My ancestors kept these books of ancient Vietnam hexes. I'll make Flash regret spurning the heart of Shashan. And then she, like waves her hands and like does some incantation and says the next person who betty ross kisses will think they're a chicken later at base general ross asks (laughs) (laughs) you you have to describe it i can see it you have to describe it (laughs) (laughs) okay later at base general ross asks betty if she's getting along with any of the soldiers and betty says as a matter of fact eddie i was really feeling down earlier but two of the nicest boys put a smile on my face that's nice dear their names were buzz and flash and like general ross's face like turns bright red and his eyes goes big but he says thompson and baxter and faints later he awakes he begs betty to stay away from them they're he, all the stuff they're not right in the head and Gary Grenade and Guy Mailman, they're like behind the tent overhearing this conversation. So they so they hear that and they leave. Betty contemplates in her thought balloons, so Dad hates Buzz and Flash. If I make a grand play for them in front of Daddy, then he'll be sure to think twice about my affections for Dr. Banner. So she gives her dad a kiss on the cheek and says, Okay, Daddy, you're the boss. And she leaves. General Ross's eyes start to glaze and he makes the sound cluck. Later in the barracks... We, <laughs> later in the barracks, we get Buzz, Flash, Gary Grenade, and Guy Mailman all talking, and Buzz says, General Ross may be a dud, but Flash says, but his daughter Betty is a real bombshell. And as they're saying that, like, as if on cue, Gary's cleaning his, like, weapons box, and a, another grenade explodes. And none of the guys, like, react to this or say, are you okay? It doesn't interrupt the flow of this conversation. It just, like, keeps on going. So Gary says, what about you, Guy? What kind of girl do you like? And Guy says, well, um... And Buzz says, I bet old guy has a thousand girlfriends back home. And Guy says, I think objectifying women is wrong. And Flash says, good old guy, always with a laugh. (laughs) (laughs) And Guy says, speaking of laughs, I'd watch out for Betty, guys. And Gary continues, she's Thunderbolt Ross's daughter. And Guy says, he warned you to stay away from, he warned her to stay away from you, too. And Buzz says, you're putting us on, old Uncle Thundy loves us. 
yeah, Flash says, we're like the sons he never had. And Gary says, yeah, but you may want to stay away from Betty or, or old Uncle Thundy will get cross at you. And he'll make us clean the cabin with toothbrushes again. And we'll have to cancel our Jungle Go-Go party this Saturday. For God's sake! <laughs> Isn't there a war going on? <laughs> there's so many, there's so many like, planned activities you know, with the idea that they'll be surviving. <laughs> Guy says... Besides, don't both of you already have girlfriends? And Buzz says, yeah, but it's not like we're engaged. And Gary says, I thought you were engaged, Buzz. And Buzz says, ah, shut up. Flash says, but we wouldn't want the Jungle Go-Go to be canceled. So the boys all agree that if they see General Ross, they won't make it. They won't be around Betty. They'll just hang out with her when General Ross is unlucky. Meanwhile, a helicopter lands, and from it comes a guy named Admiral Jones, who's apparently inspecting the base, and he says out loud to nobody for no reason, I can't wait to see how General Ross is doing with these troops. Oh, there he is now. And General Ross runs by on his hind legs, flapping his arms and clucking like a chicken. And Admiral Jones screams, General Ross, what's the meaning of this? (laughs) Meanwhile, Buzz and Flash are hanging out by a tank, dancing to a transistor radio, and Betty's walking by and she says, there's Buzz and Flash. Daddy will be here five years later, so this is a good time to get cozy with them, so he accidentally sees us. So she goes, yoo-hoo, boys! And Flash says, there's Betty! Buzz says, remember, once Uncle Thundy comes, we have to ditch the girl. And Betty says, I dig this groovy music. Anyone need a go-go girl? And Buzz says, you know it, doll. And similar to, like, Amazing Spider-Man issue, like, 47, we get, like, a few images of, like, Betty go-go dancing as, like, Buzz and Flash are, like, clapping in the background. You know, like all Vietnam War bases have. (laughs) General Ross begins to, like, cluck by, and Buzz and Flash yell jeepers and take a blanket from the tank and throw it over Betty's head (laughs) as Ross continues on. And Buzz says, you think old Uncle Thundy saw us, Flash? And Flash said, he didn't seem to notice Betty, did he, Buzz? And Betty, like, takes the blanket off and says, what's the big idea? And Buzz says, it's a new dance called the Blanket Cover. Flash says, all the cool cats in Vietnam are doing it. Betty is miffed but wonders, I need to get them to catch me with Dad. So the next few pages are just variations of, like, this. You know, Admiral Jones is chasing Ross. Thompson and Baxter run from Betty as Betty uh, runs from General Ross because they don't want him to see him with Betty and Betty runs after them. It almost becomes a Scooby-Doo chase. And finally, like when um, the Thompson and Baxter, Betty and General Ross all run up in the same, all wind up in the same place together. Betty makes her play. She says, Daddy, I love them and there's nothing you could do. And General Ross just says, cluck. Buzz says, we've done it this time, Flash. Uncle Thundy's so mad that he snapped his brain and gone full chicken. Flash says, he's gonna scramble our eggs. And Ross just says, cluck again. And she says, no. Betty says, there's something wrong with him. He really thinks he's a chicken. And Flash says, if there's one person who will know what to do, it's my best gal, Shashan. She's smart about this type of stuff. And the next panel is all of them, like, talking to Shashan in the jungle. And she says, and she's, like, already finishing her story. And she says, so you see, I was just being a, de- a jealous female. I'm so sorry. I'm so foolish. And Flash says, ah, oh, babe, you can make it up to me by accompanying me to the Jungle Go-Go this Saturday. <laughs> Sean says, you mean it? And Buzz says, Flash always means a doll, except for chores. What the fuck does this- <laughs> that doesn't even make sense? Buzz slash his man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so Shashan changes General Ross back, you know, 
And um, and she says, I better go. He can't see me here since I'm Vietnamese. What? Uh, he'll want me to reveal my hidden temple's location. So yeah. she gets out of there as Ross comes to. And he's asking the guys what the meaning of this is. And then, um, <laughs> and then Admiral Jones gets there and he's like, Ross, why were you acting like a chicken? And Buzz and Flash saved the day by, by saying, oh, that was just his maneuver. He likes to always do unpredictable things to keep us troops on our toes, you know, for when the Viet Commies attack. And Jones says, Ross, I was mistaken. I came here to relieve you of duty and return you to the States, but you've got these guys on their toes with unpredictable maneuvers. I hereby station you to Vietnam permanently. You can commute back and forth from America. And Flash holds up his hands in there and says, Hooray! That means Uncle Thundy gets to stay with us. And Buzz says, Groovy, I can't wait to have fun with him all the time. And General Ross is just stiff and says, Stay here in Vietnam with Thompson and Baxter, I, I. And Flash says, Gosh, Buzz, he's so touched, he's speechless. And Buzz says, What a guy. And, um, that, and <laughs> that's the end of the letter. And it cuts back to the Silver Spoon. And Aunt May says, Wow, Peter, what a fair pout letter. And Gwen Stacy says, I think she means far out. And Harry Osborne says, Keep grooving with us, Aunt May, and we'll make a swinger out of you yet. And Mary Jane says, That Vietnam sounds like the swinginest place. And Peter says, I can't wait to see what kind of adventures Flash and Buzz write to us about next month. Now, I'm, Peter, I'm going back to the front page here. Was Aunt May even in the first scene? You see her and Aunt Anna in the background, but, like, they don't interact with Peter at any, like... Oh, there they are. They're in the, the corner of that, that second panel. Okay, I see it. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I mentioned that real briefly in, like, the beginning recap but yeah like they don't talk or do anything when like peter comes in on his very urgent mission with the letter like so do you want to do the letters pages first or talk about the story oh we can let, we, 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 uh, i'll let you decide I'm, I'm i'm anxious for both i'll do the letters page so scott from little rock asks if anyone like daredevil or namer will show okay so i, I should mention Obviously, this issue didn't have letters because this is issue one. The book isn't out yet. So I'm reading the letters that people wrote about issue one, which were published in issue four. So the what, what people wrote about this book issue was uh, Scott from Little Rock asks if anyone like Daredevil or Namor will show up in the book. And Stanley replies, Vietnam is an ocean away in Southeast Asia. It would be very contrived for the boys to constantly have guest stars stopping by. Besides, Flash and Buzz have big enough or big enough swingers to party on their own. So Stan says this, but by the end of the first year of the title, all every single member of the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, and the X Men had all stopped by at some point. <laughs> it, it's so. crazy because I mean, General Ross can commute, right? So isn't that like built into the concept? But I guess he just wasn't thinking it through. <laughs> Stanley not thinking through Paris. Uh, Timothy from Austin says, I'm 18 years old and was afraid of finding my draft notice in the mail every day. Now that I've read your title, I think Vietnam is the swinginest place. Instead of waiting for the draft, I went down to my local recruiter and signed up. I ship out in two weeks. I can't wait to party like Flash and Buzz. <laughs> um, <laughs> Did we ever hear from him again? I checked his for him on Facebook and... Um, I do see a profile, but um, I guess he hasn't had a good life because um, in his Facebook profile picture, he like 
only has one hand, so I guess he had like a motorcycle accident or something later in life that like got him maimed or something. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't, you know, anything to do with the war in question. <laughs> oh god, I hope not. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but yay, just what President Johnson wanted, they kids to join him. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted their, their write their letter the comic book letter writing hands to be blown off. Alan from Utica says, how can General Ross and Betty be in Vietnam when they're currently involved in other adventures over in Tales to Astonish? To which Stan replies, don't forget, Reed Richards is a patriot who served in World War II. He donated a taxicab variant of the pogo plane to General Ross. It gets him from America to Vietnam in minutes. It's almost like a taxi. Think of him as a commuter. That's BS, but <laughs> that's what we're going with. And that's, and that's how it's going to stay. Andy from it's one of those things that I don't. Did they ever even show it on the page, or is it just like a background element? Like, I don't, I don't, I never saw it in any of the comics. He's just like there, as if he's always there. It's as if like Stan like forgot that like, oh yeah, I'm also writing another book where he's doing stuff, and it doesn't. Well, it's make weird because like DC would do this too. You have things like Superboy and Supergirl both appearing in Legion stories and Superboy shouldn't know that Supergirl exists. So in the letters pages, oh. they would mention, oh yeah, well Superboy gets amnesia every time he goes back to the present. That way he doesn't know about Supergirl. They like induce him to forget. Is that true? So I guess every time he goes back to the future, he has to re-remember that he has a cousin of the future. I don't know. That, this that, never shows up in the comic. Really? Kind of like how every time Stanley yeah. writes this comic, he also gets amnesia. <laughs> oh yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that. Annie from Fort Thomas writes, This comic is a travesty. The Vietnam War is a horrible time and not a party. You should be ashamed of yourselves. To which Dan replies, Looks like someone may secretly be a Viet Commie. <laughs> I'm just I'm sure the, the administration was sl- slapping him on the back for that. <laughs> Paul from Sacramento writes, I'm serving over in Southeast Asia, and I gotta say, your mags are the most realistic depiction of army life we've ever seen. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> the guys in the barracks and I can't get enough of Vietnam go-go. Excelsior. Um, Eddie D'Angelini once told us that Stan would make up letters. Uh, well, about- do, we th- do we think that this is one of the made-up ones? <laughs> Well, I mean, like, let's 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 guess. Do they have their commanding officers believe that they're clucking chickens? Do they have their commanding officers' daughters visit the place and you have this like sexy threesome? Do they have do they have like parties and like the go-go dances and like the Vietnam women legitimately have like like magical shaman? Te- like, if this isn't a fake letter, then I will leap out the window with arms spread. Well, they might think you're a chicken, dog, so watch out. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, so, before we move on to issue two, what are your any thoughts or comments on issue one? Uh, here's a question Has there ever been a more propagandic Marvel comic book ever in publication? Besides, like, one more day. <laughs> like, 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 in terms of, like, like a, a straight up political agenda. Have they ever done anything? Because I mean, I guess Captain America technically when it was timely, but uh, this is 